Welcome to Mavsplained, where we break down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Lizelle from Mavs Digital, and today I'm joined with Becca for part two of where we're going to talk about social in the NBA. What's up, Ooh. Becca? What's up? So What's part one. Day? Yeah, I know. Just another day <laughs> in COVID-19. But uh, part one, we talked about like women in sports and just like social in the NBA in general. And today... Today's podcast, we're going to do something a little more fun. It is the behind the scenes and traveling with the team, which is always something that our friends, family, people on social always ask us about. So I'm pumped to talk to you about this. Travel in general, it's a privilege, but there is pressure. Tell me about what you got to experience when traveling with the Knicks. Um, yeah, privilege and pressure, it, it goes hand in hand, you know. Um, you know, you're ch- for me... I was the only one. So like, I think that the pressure was a lot more, the pressure and the privilege were kind of like on the same level. Um, So, you know, I was honored to do it, but at the same time, like I was looked to for literally everything, um, which felt great, but it was also like, ah, so, you know, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely goes hand in hand. And I think anybody could tell you that Um, I think, the social people versus like the video photographer people have it a little bit differently um, because, you know, the photographers can take pictures whenever they want and kind of like get creative with it and like serve it up. And once it's served, it's done. And for us, it's like, you know, a shot list, uh, a plan, uh, you know, our, we don't want to miss this. We need to have our phone out for this. Like, do we have the photos on time? Do we get it? Sir? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just, it's a hectic, hectic part of the job, but it's definitely something that people aim towards in their career for sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that you definitely just touched on was that there's a lot of obligations that go with being sometimes the only person on the road. Sometimes we don't get to have a videographer or a photographer and it's just all on the social content person. So there's a lot of like different obligations, not only to just deliver behind the scenes on your phone, but there's probably something that you're still working on in the office that you still have to deliver in their time zone. And that's the thing too, is like you coming from New York and traveling with the Knicks, you were on the Eastern conference or Eastern conference. Yes. The Eastern conference, but the Eastern like time zone. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll be like three hours behind in the West coast and you still have to deliver. And that's something that yes, like, like first world problems type thing but sometimes you get to a city and you just don't even know where you are I know that was something about traveling is sometimes you don't even know what day it is what hour it is traveling is great and we get to be on like the team plane and experience everything like that but there's still like we've said a lot of pressure behind that you still have to show up an hour early you still have to understand like kind of where you fall in like the totem pole of how everything lays out when you get to different cities, like you always understand the players go first and that's when you get your room keys. That's when you get on, you know, elevators, getting your bags. Yeah. And it's just kind of like that team dynamic whenever you it's an understood yeah. thing too. Exactly. And it's just like a lot of nuances that people maybe don't get to realize that you have to follow and abide by on the road. So I think that's just right. something about traveling that most people think, Oh, you get to stay in the best hotels in the world. And yes, we are so blessed and like thankful we get to do that. But yeah. one time you mess up is like the worst thing. Like it's that could over. Ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's over. You're yanked. You've ruined it for anyone that can travel. For right. content. So right. there's always like, you're walking on eggshells and you don't know like who's watching or who could be like 
somebody that happens to be in the lobby so you always have to make sure that you're on your best behavior as anyone should be but that's the things that you have to kind of remember about traveling yeah it's so funny that you say that because I remember like being um in San Francisco or in Oakland and we landed in Oakland from Portland at like three or two thirty, and it was PM five thirty in AM in New okay. York. Got it. And so, it was, so, so it was two thirty AM in San in Oakland, and it was five thirty AM in New York. And like I hadn't even, you know, the, the bags get there, and you have to wait for your bags, or you can wait for them downstairs, or whatever they deliver to your room, whatever it is, and. I was waiting for my bag and it was like 3 a.m. And I was just like, my eyes were like rolling to the back of my head because like we had just come off. Uh, we had just played a game that night and we had a game the next day. So it was like a back-to-back. It was at back-to-back. The back. Of, at the end of a two-week road trip on the West Coast. And um, I remember I was laying there on my bed and I got a text from someone in New York and they had just woken up and they had been like, hey, like, I was like, I haven't even gotten to bed yet yeah like it's so crazy it's so crazy and I just remember being like I don't know if I can handle this (laughs) it's so crazy and that's the thing is that like there are those red-eye flights and then there's the NBA red-eye flights which is like the flights after a game which could have tipped off at eight o'clock because it was a nationally broadcast game and then you still get on the plane and if it's a back-to-back that's what kind of goes crazy about traveling with a team is that not only do we get to go through this, but the players also have to go through it too. It's like, they're the ones that just exuded all this energy to practice and like play and, you know, win or lose. You still have another game the next day. You have to deal with sometimes even with Denver being known as like the mile high city, the altitude gets to them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy how like different factors like weather and just like overall the time of the year, sometimes you're going to, east coast or west coast at different times of the year and it's just like all those things that you have to think about and yeah Yeah. it's great we get to travel again like reiterating to everyone listening that we it's a total privilege to get to travel but there are these little nuances and little things that maybe you don't realize that affects everybody on the plane not just us you know mere content people but the training staff the players the coaches yeah I know there have been times I've like walked by the coaches section of the plane and they're just on their laptops, like cutting up film, breaking down games, looking at games in the future. Like it's crazy. Maybe we'll like, get them on a podcast and do a Mavs plane with them. Somebody on the yeah. coach, like what totally. goes into like planning games and how that divvies up. Cause that'd be really interesting. Yeah. And everything's like time to the minute, like totally you got. And, and for us, it's time by the half hour hour before hour before you know you'll be ready it's it's definitely not not an easy task for sure for sure okay let's do a little story time um we're going to get to favorites soon kind of like a rapid fire but I think one thing that kind of gets overlooked is everybody's first so like your first trip where were you what team were you playing like what do you remember like tell me about your first trip on the road um, my first trip ever was a preseason game mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago, and it was the first preseason game of the season. And, you know, again, like we talked about before, a girl had not really traveled before, and it was like a big deal. And I, you know, someone was supposed to travel, but then they were like, no, this person shouldn't, this person should, and whatever. So it ended up being me. 
Um, I was told to dress up on the plane. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like as yep. my first my first impression of everyone. Um, you know, the obviously the training staff sees you at the games and they see you in the arena, but they never really see you outside of it. Um, I got there two hours early um, to the Westchester <laughs> airport, two hours early, sat there with all my bags. Um, it was just an overnight trip. I was wearing a black dress with black tights and black heels. And at the time, <laughs> I was taking the photos because our photographer either couldn't come or we didn't have one at the time. Like we were mm -hmm. like in the midst of like hiring someone new. So I had to take the photos as well. So I was standing outside taking the pictures and I had the PR person standing next to me, introducing me to every single person as they walked in. And they were like, yeah. we know who she is. We know who she is, you know, that kind of thing. And I was, you know, my dress was flying up and I was like <laughs> so, so uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, I kind of just sat on the plane and kind of was like looking around and like was in my seat. And, you know, I, when I was in the hotel, I would walk by all these people that I knew, but they didn't know me. And so right. I was like, like, like literally like a, a mouse, like walking through the hotel. Um, so that was like my first, uh, my first trip. I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. And I seriously, like, as I look back, because mm -hmm. like literally like two or three games after that and then obviously the year after that like you know you strut your stuff you wear your sweatpants you wear like you wear like you know beanies and you have your backpack and all that kind of stuff and just the first day it's just so funny I literally looked like I was going on a job interview um and it's just so funny to look back at because I got so comfortable and everyone included me in everything yeah. and you know they would do watch parties for different things and I was always invited and you know, things like that. And I would eat meals with them and think, and I had to work my way up to that. But yeah, it's just so funny to think about. It's like, it's like the first day of school. Yeah. Wait, so what city did you go to? What, what city was it? Oh, you it, said it was, was preseason. It was DC. So it was like okay. really quick. It was really quick. And I'm actually glad it was uh -huh. because it was like one and done. And yeah. then we didn't travel again until the season started because right. all the other preseason games were at home. Um, and yeah, DC was quick. I knew someone there. So I hung out with one of my friends. He came to the game, That's good. you know, it, so I, it was comfortable, but it was also super uncomfortable. Yeah, at the same totally. Time. <laughs> I remember my first trip was coincidentally, it was a freaking playoff series. I had not traveled at oh all gosh. during that whole season. And it was thankfully just to Oklahoma. We went to OKC yeah. and played them. I mean, it was like a first round and out type of thing, but we were, we probably had two away games during that season that series but this was before we stayed at the like gallery hotel that teams yeah, usually the one stay with the penguins. yes the moving penguins but yes. before <laughs> we stayed there it was the skirvin which i don't know if you heard about the skirvin but the skirvin is like this haunted hotel in oklahoma and there's like a ton of players that like swear that they've heard something come on or turn off or move in their rooms like it was always like I remember when people were like oh your first trip is Oklahoma are y'all staying at the Skirvin and I'm sure like the older more vet players like in the league have stayed at the Skirvin because I think everybody has moved to the gallery hotel now when yeah. traveling but yeah I was just always freaked out like staying in the room like oh my god I heard it's haunted and I even know a couple seasons ago Fox Sports Southwest did like a little mini series with Jeff Skin Wade and Matrix 
And they just filmed it like in Oklahoma. It was just like an away little like segment for Mavs Insider. And they scared uh, Matrix in the hotel. Like they like oh hid in the bathroom and like jumped out at him and stuff. So it's just like I, I remember it would not have been able to do that. I would yeah. not. Have it was like it was just like an old like hotel that you saw like in movies. It was such a crazy like cool experience but it was just like plagued with everyone just being like oh it's a haunted hotel like blah 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 blah. but the fact that it was during a playoff series was even more pressure because I had only been to the playoffs once before this um and we had just played like the Spurs and lost in seven games but I didn't travel at all that was like my first season but uh yeah it was an away series in Oklahoma Thankfully, Oklahoma is, like, a small enough city where you, like, know the staff and you can meet all the redcoats and the security and you can, like, say hi to them once and they remember you the second time you come around. So it was a good experience for, like, my first road trip. Okay, so that was our first trip memories. Nice little trip down memory lane. Now we're going to do a little (laughs) rapid fire. Um, So this is just going to be, like, overall favorites from traveling. Okay, so... Best slash favorite, like, food? Like, what arena has the best or favorite? Ooh, best food from the arenas. And this could be media dining, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever – I don't <laughs> think I ate other anywhere else. Um, best food, I got to give it to Detroit. I, Detroit's, <laughs> Detroit's media dining is, like, Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it's, like, <laughs> the state fair. And, like, I honestly, like, I'm not saying, like, I eat chicken fingers and wings and, like, pizza for every meal. But when you go there, it's, like, it's, like, fun land. And so they wait, have is this every at the new arena? Pizza. Yeah, like, is the, the, isn't it I little, haven't been it's yet. little Caesars? Okay, it's a little I've Caesars only been arena. to the palace, so now I'm, like, curious. Oh, my gosh. And they have every type of pizza. They have chicken fingers. They have fries. They have ice cream. They have, oh, my God, it's insane. Detroit. And it literally takes you, takes you out of, uh takes you out of reality for a sec I also really enjoy Staples Center food as well that's gonna be my favorite was Staples Center just because like the ice cream machine and just oh, yeah. the food and the placement of media media dining isn't too bad either it's kind of a maze nice. Staples it's Center nice. anyways, but yeah it nice. was always easy to find that was yeah. gonna be my favorite was Staples Center okay yeah, so sure. best energy what arena had the best like energy oh man um I think that would so Probably Miami. I loved the energy. Oh, I'm in Miami. so jealous. I haven't been to Miami. Oh, oh my god, that, Miami is so fun um, to be at the games. Uh, and then the second one, which I always talk about, like just really furthered my deafness in my ears, was Philly. Oh, interesting. It's so loud there, but the fans go nuts, and it's so. It's like, it's literally so contagious. It's crazy. So I definitely think the energy there is really, really great. That's crazy. Okay, so sadly, well, I've been to Philly, but I've only been once. So I can't really like remember, remember what Philly was like. I've never been to Miami. I'm so sad. I have this like weird obsession with like, energy and like arenas with fire like pre-game fire oh yeah fire. I always put it on my Instagram story and I just am always <laughs> like standing under the basket and then there's like fire and you just like feel it I feel like yeah. um Golden State's old arena I think yeah I haven't been to the new one yet but they had like a huge fire thing I was literally like oh my god this thing <laughs> of fire is crazy and just like that arena overall like whenever they're really at their height of like their championship runs and all the fans like I just really remember oh yeah 
Golden State, but I would say also Portland, like the um, Portland Rose. I can't remember the Moda Center. The Moda yeah. Center is just super, super loud, and they don't play music in their arena. So like the crowd noises is like what like gets the there. energy going, and the crowd actually like will repeat back what the um, on on the broadcast the announcer, yeah. yeah, the announcer will like say like like for what we're trying to do in at the arena is like. Timmy Hardaway, like they would actually say Hardaway if it was a right. player. So I think that's right. kind of cool and plays into the energy of their arena. Okay, so favorite entertainment team. Ooh, I gotta give I gotta give the Garden this one. Mm-hmm. The Bad Squad and the um and the Nick City Dancers. It's just classic. Yes. They do a really, really good job and they're flipping everywhere and the crowd is just, you know, going nuts. Um I remember y'all they had the drones, the drones for pregame. Like Oh yeah, that, that yeah, was so ago. cool. I was like, yeah. wait, there's drones that was and then there's production. It was yeah, crazy. it was nuts. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So yeah, entertainment for sure. It's like literally a stage that people are trying to perform on. Like That's every so night. Dope. It's crazy. Yeah. That's like the garden, Madison Square Garden. Um, I would have to yeah. give mine. I mean, for sure, Madison Square Garden's definitely up there. But I would say mine is the Chicago like entertainment teams, the Lovable, yes. Benny the Bull. Oh, They're, and they like, do the little performances during halftime, like the Broadway like shows. It's such a production. <laughs> it's like like this in-game entertainment. It's crazy. So I think Chicago and New York definitely have t- top of the top of the list. Um, okay you said halftime show now what is your favorite halftime show that's the next question oh anything with the dogs yes or or the baby races the baby races literally pull my heartstrings out yeah half the times these babies like don't even know what they're doing and you're like Come on, which I get they're babies and they might just in general <laughs> not know what they're doing, but I like get way too invested in it. And I'm like, that baby should be yeah. crying. <laughs> My favorite for sure is the dog, the little Scooby, the Scooby Chihuahua. Yes, Scooby, <laughs> yes. The guy that's, um, he's like a gymnast or something and he like spins around and Scooby yeah. either comes out of like a speaker <laughs> or whatever and just like does a little like clapping thing. I'm like, Scooby, I can't remember his handler's name, but. I get okay. so excited when Scooby comes. <laughs> so it's always so fun. Okay, so then the last question for Rapid Fire. It's a little bit longer, but what is your, like, best, like, favorite overall story from the road? Like, what is it, like, that one, like, moment or whatever that you remember that you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy, or that you just, like, think about? Um, crazy or think about? Um... Well, I, I, I went on when I was talking with Bobby on another episode, I, you know, had some stories there, so I won't repeat myself. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite things from the road that I really got to experience wasn't like a one time thing. We would do these dinners uh-huh. and film them and they were sponsored. That's awesome. And basically, you know, I would. I would schedule the transportation, schedule the restaurant. Um, no way like all this stuff and then we'd get on like a a sprinter van and our videographers would film it and I would get all the behind the scenes stuff um as per like the um per the sponsor Mm -hmm. 
basically we'd sit down to a three hour dinner with three players at a time and in a private room of, of some restaurant and yeah. them and I would me and the PR person would basically prompt them and I would get all the behind the scenes and we would do like polls and like questions for fans and things like that and um that was probably like one of those we did like I think we did four of them and then we did one in during summer league um and really That's awesome that was like one of my favorite things to do because then you know I'm building relationships with them and having a meal with them and asking them questions that they wouldn't usually be asked by you know a network or something like that and then it get put together and we'd obviously use it for social and it was sponsored and things like that but those were kind of like my favorite things it kind of like felt a little bit homey and kind of like a piece of like you know you're away from everyone and you're kind of like sitting down to a nice dinner. It doesn't matter who's there with you, but it, it just so happened to be three NBA players from your team. Um, and it just kind of like made me get to know them some more and, you know, actually lot, form some friendships of mine um, outside of that. Um, you know, people remember that kind of stuff. So that was probably like one of my, some of my favorite things to do ongoing in some of the cities that we would go to. Yeah, that's super awesome. I wish we could do that. That's definitely an idea we're going to have to can for next season, like a on the road series. Yeah. yeah, and they would talk about like they would it was like road um themed. So yeah. like what they did on the plane, you know, who doesn't sleep, who sleeps, who pranks, who, you know, what what's your routine when you're on the road? Talking like that. So like it was like a Delta sponsored thing because it was like the plane and things Got like it. that. So it, it was really cool. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. That's a little fun it's experience. Really fun. Yeah. What about you? So my memory, it's kind of a little different. I don't know. And I feel like I'm going to say this one. And then in 10 minutes after we finish this pod, I'm going to be like, dang it, I should have talked about that. <laughs> but uh, my memory is going to be from a couple of seasons ago when we had Yogi Ferrell, Harrison Barnes. I can't remember who else was on that team off the top of my head, but we were in Portland and we had just signed Yogi Ferrell to a 10-day contract. And he, like, went off. Like, he went to be, like, the West Coast player of the week. And yeah. we were in Portland. And he literally, like, I don't know how anyone could have scouted how well he would have done anyways. But he literally just, like, was fire from three. And it was the beginning of what Mavs fans and the broadcast team called Yogi Mania. And I just remember, like, the feeling at the Moda Center and it, everybody was just like oh my god like and like Portland was really really good they're still really good but it was just one of those things that we were just yeah. hammering them and I don't think we were that great that season and Yogi Ferrell just kept going off on the three-point line and I just remember awesome. I just remember the feeling in the arena and that was like that's the memory that comes to mind on the road is like experiencing Yogi Mania slash Yogi Ferrell's like crazy yeah. week where he won like West Coast Player of the Week so that was just like a crazy moment to be part of. And I know there are plenty of other moments. There are tons of Dirk moments, I'm sure. And but oh, yeah, you and Dirk. You and I Dirk know. From Dirk, day one. Dirk memories. It's crazy to think like I got to experience traveling with Dirk and like all the different cities and stuff like that. And then seeing some of his last like rounds in uh, certain cities. And I know yeah. that last season, like during his last season, whenever he would visit an arena for the last time, he would drink a beer on the bus and Dirk oh. never drank during the season. Like, and it was That's kind of like, awesome. we knew we weren't going to go to the playoffs. So yeah. it wasn't that he wasn't taking it seriously. Like Dirk used to never drink during the season, not even wine. Like he had a, such a strict, like 
food and like beverage like rule or whatever during the season but it was just like cool to hear like and I don't think I ever like saw it on the bus it's history though like yeah so it was the last yeah wait one one thing one thing I wanted to ask because I always like get so like warm and fuzzy about this is that you've been with Luca since day one like like draft NBA rookie of the year like you know all-star like all that stuff like what's your favorite memory of Luca if you have one you know upon like first meeting him or like the NBA awards or something like that like I just always I love that I love it it's you and him I love it yeah so I think him getting drafted is probably one of my like not necessarily favorite memories but one of like the more iconic memories because we had not been to a draft in like forever like I was with our PR Alan at the time and Alan was like he's been at the Mavs since 2011 and he was just like 2011 was his rookie year so great rookie year for Alan shout out to Alan but he was at the draft with me in New York and he was just like well this is my first draft too and I was like we literally have not been to a draft or like have sent someone we've gone to the draft we've had draft picks but we've never sent like content people yeah Um, until that's also like changed that's changed like in the past couple years obviously yeah for sure it's changed like within the industry like when we drafted like Shane Larkin that year in 2013 2014 which was my rookie year we didn't send content people and I I don't even think I was on the team like I was part of the Mavs yet but that's just like how much has changed over time sending content people to cover behind the scenes so it was really new for me and Alan and just him getting drafted and like following him around and I remember like I feel like the players know me as the girl that always asks for selfies. Like, I'm like, will you just take a selfie so I can put it <laughs> yeah, on yeah, yeah. You do a selfie video? And now I feel like that's, like, kind of changed over time, even though people, I guess, still love it. So I remember taking, like, asking him to do a selfie video, following him from every station to every station, and then kind of, like, repeating that for whenever he won Rookie of the Year. Like, when I went to New York, right. went to the NBA Awards, and we knew he was going to win it, obviously. Like, there there was a lot of really good, like, Trey and I think DeAndre Ayton were the other um, nominees. But we knew Luca was going to get it. So it was oh, so cool. Sure. It's funny because Jonathan Lim and Dwayne Price were also there on the content side. And I just remember whenever Luca had to take a picture, I was just, like, right there being like, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, I was always offering to hold the Rookie of the Year trophy. I have a dang picture of it on my Instagram, which I'm, like, Proud of, but not yeah, proud of. I don't want to like no, it's flex great. or anything, but no, it's just it's a moment of history. Yeah. We He's all like, like just try to take proud pictures. mom. <laughs> yeah, like we were like, like, and I'm sure he was very excited about it too. But we were just like always trying to hold the trophy and take pictures with right. it, like it was. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean the Luca, the Luca wave and the ride has been awesome, and here we are in year two for Luca, and he's done really, really well. But you know, it's just. A crazy time right now. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, I just had to ask that because we love Luca. It's a good, good little segment. Okay, so yeah. last little piece of this behind the scenes travel segment is the hashtag this is why we play moment. Like I feel like sometimes in social and digital we see these guys all the time. We get to go to every single home game, we get to go to away games, we get to be around these guys that we see as our coworkers. But then there are these people that we get to experience and see on the road at home that just make you kind of stop and realize, like, dang, like, these guys are awesome. Like, this is, like, a great industry to witness, you know, people just giving their all or just crying, breaking down in tears, just being around these players. And I'm sure, like, there's just a bunch of moments like that. So what are some of your this-is-why-we-play moments? Um, 
So I've had a bunch, um, you know, in New York at the Knicks, they have the Gardner Dreams Foundation. So there was always something going on mm-hmm. um, with that, um, with like inner city kids and things like that. And then, uh, so I have one from each probably because I haven't been at the Mavs for that long. But with the Knicks, um, we, you know, we're trying to do like our city edition campaign and things like that. And we invited a couple of kids to write letters to the team and things like that. And, um, so we invited some kids to the training center and they came and they read their letters and we were filming it obviously for social. And, um, afterwards the players were kind of walking around and like introduced themselves to the kids and I had my phone out. So I was, you know, filming one of these children. It was like a, like a 10 year old boy and he, you know, Trey Burke walked up to him and he was wearing a Trey Burke Jersey and Trey walked up to him and this kid just started bawling, crying. And, and I, you know, I had my phone out like this and I just, you know, like literally had to turn around and I was like, it literally made me break down. And it was one of the most purest moments I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, you know, Trey like got down on one knee and was like, Hey man, like, why are you crying? He's like, I just love you. And you know, it just, it, it really like made such in like a, I'll never forget it. And I wanted, I, you know, I knew I had my phone out. I stopped recording. I was like, we're not going to post this because this is such like a pure like moment. And like, it really like shows you the power of sport. Like I just, I could not handle it. And I was bawling my eyes out. That was the first, that's one of my favorite ones. The second one was, you know, when we went to, um, like my second, third week of work here, yeah. um, we went to the hospital with the players and, oh, yeah. you know, with Mark and um, a couple of the guys and, you know, Mark sat down with one of the, like, you know, little kids in the hospital named Jackson and he was so cute and so, oh, you know, Jackson, you know Mark, yes. Mark was like helping him like with all the games and all that and Mark sat with him the entire time and then we, you know, we got him up to like dance and got Mark up to dance and, you know, Mark was dancing with him and then Mark invited him to a game and Jackson, you know, we said hello to him cause we remembered him and, yes. you know, he met Luca and it was just like those kinds of things, making relationships with these fans that like, you know, need it the most, or even, even if they don't need it the most, but if they, even if they do, you know, making those relationships, it does something for the brand. Yes. It's, you know, we, we give back, we do this, we do that, but it does something for us too. You know, we, it really like instills the reason yes. why we do all of this. Yeah. Like, this is why. Right. You know? um, and so those are probably my two, I could name a billion, but those are yeah. probably my two ones that stand out to me the most for sure. For sure. So my two moments, it's funny. Cause I feel like mine are summation summed up in like two moments as well. The first like fan type of moment, I think it kind of breaks off into two. I feel like the first kind of fan moments is when we get to bring fans into the tunnel. So at home games, we have this thing called the player prayer tunnel. And a lot of times we like to look out in the crowd, see like a family or friends or people that are decked out in Mavs gear. We kind of just go up to them. This is something that when I first joined the Mavs and Steve Shavera was like social media director, he would kind of put that on me to be like, hey, go find a fan in the crowd and let's bring them into the tunnel. So we'd go find them. We'd talk to them. Sometimes they're eating or, you know, it's just sometimes they're in the middle of doing something. They just come to a game and came early. And I kind of introduced myself and I'm like, hey, do you want to experience something really cool pregame? Like, I can't tell you what it is, but you just have to trust me. Like, they're working with the Mavs and they're usually like, okay. 
So we take them into the tunnel. We tell them this is the pregame player prayer tunnel. The guys are going to come through the Whataburger High Five line, turn into here, and high five you guys, and they kind of huddle up before taking the court. And it's always something that they seem co- like calm and collected at the time. And I'm always just like, it happens really, really fast. Like, I've done this speech so many times. I've told it yeah. to you. You've done the yeah. speech. It's something that I feel like we get in such an autopilot mode, especially if we're during, like, a homestand. And it's like every other day we're doing a home game. And it's like, all right, like, let's find right. a fan. It's X time on the clock. So I think it's one of those things that every few moments in the uh, in the prayer tunnel, we're just kind of like, whoa, like, these fans, like, had no idea they were going to be this close to the players. And it's just awesome to see their reactions. And usually we have a photographer in there. So try, like, getting their emails or something so I could show them the pictures afterwards. Because it's just always, like, a swirl of emotions and things going on. So that's probably, like, my first, like, this is why we play moment with, like, fans. Um, I would say the next one with, like, players is going to be a lot of, like, Dirk moments. I feel like I've gotten to, like thankfully see a lot of like random like Dirk not random they're like iconic Dirk moments like yeah him hurt him hitting 30k or him getting six on the all-time scoring list but I feel like the biggest like moment where I was weirdly like in autopilot but also like oh my god like I need to have an out-of-body experience and like see this from the outside in was his last game oh, uh, yeah. he was surprised with his like five idols which was so cool because I've never like seen that many like stars at once like NBA like stars and they all were there for Dirk. Dirk had no idea his whole last game was like a crazy like I can't believe I get to experience this and see this. I was watching it on the plane home from Chicago from our last away game. Yeah it was on the plane. (laughs) It was so crazy and like cool how like they all got up there and said a couple words like honestly sometimes I like watch that on YouTube. It's like so fun to like rewatch it on YouTube and all the different elements that went into it. So that that Dirk moment out of all the other ones for sure like his last game and how just from the beginning to the end even at the very beginning he walked through like 500 like arena staff they all high-fived him like mm-hmm. right when he got there they all lined up like they I left their it was crazy like everything from the beginning to the end like everybody knew it was like his last season but he had never like officially said anything yet Everybody right. would just be like, is it Dirk's last season? I'm like, I don't know. He hasn't said anything, but, like, right. <laughs> we're assuming he, it is, but we're not saying yeah. it. Like, it was just really, like, a weird year because I don't think he wanted the attention. Like, it's my last season. Of course. He just yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. to, like, ride off into the sunset kind of thing. So that was really fun, like, to get to experience that and kind of made me pause and be like, wow, this is, like, a sports history moment, not just, like, a woohoo, like, we get to see this yeah. every day. So it's literally so much history, like you don't even realize. Yeah, it's crazy. So crazy. So crazy. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you for joining me. This is Math Splained. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Becca Jenikov. B Jenikov? Becca B Jenikov. B Jenikov at Let's Tell Zell. Um, what else do we got for him? Like, I think that's pretty much it. We're trying to figure out other ways to, we want to hear, obviously, I know we were talking about like wanting to answer people's questions, Yes. you know, whether it's like career stuff or basketball stuff, like anything you guys, I mean, we have a long time before we're back in the office and back, you know, rolling, rolling, rolling. So anything you guys want to talk about or, you know, ask questions from or hear anyone you want to hear from drop yeah. your replies below we want to hear from you um yeah like subscribe 
rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.